My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. Happy Friday. It is the 3rd of February. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. Here's a stat to start your Friday morning. Just 10 donors gave 77% of known political donations in the lead up to the last election. That's according to new data from the Australian Electoral Commission. When we're in the midst of an election like we were last year... We don't actually know who is bankrolling the big campaigns. Pay back Liberal and Labor's trillion dollars of debt with the UAP's 15% iron or export license. Coal and gas are the biggest causes of the climate crisis, but the Liberals and Labor want more. Scott Morrison doesn't hold a hose, but he should have held a calculator. But this new information goes at least part of the way to explaining where the money comes from. And suffice to say, there are lots of interesting takeaways. But first, Sam, there was some big news from the RBA yesterday. The Reserve Bank announced it will update the $5 banknote to feature a new design that, quote, honours the culture and history of the first Australians. And this will replace the current portrait of Queen Elizabeth II. The RBA said the new note will take a number of years to be designed and printed. Victoria has become the latest jurisdiction in Australia to ban the artificial intelligence software ChatGPT in public schools. A spokesperson for the Department of Education said it was an interim measure in line with the software's terms of use, which specifies users must be at least 18 years old. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. And the good news, a green comet has passed close to Earth for the first time in 50,000 years. That's according to the Planetary Society. Its closest distance was about 42 million kilometres. It'll be visible from Australia from this Sunday, the 5th of February, but the best times to see it will be between the 9th and the 11th of this month. However, experts say it may not be visible to the naked eye, but get your telescopes out. Australian political parties spent over $400 million last financial year. And I think that if you're just an average punter going about your day, you might see that money manifest in billboards, in really big ads, in catchy slogans like this. When Australia needs certainty, it won't be easy under Albanese. But less is known about how that money actually accumulates and where it comes from. And the greatest indication that we get is from the Australian Electoral Commission when they publish a list of declared donations. Okay, so let's say I want to donate $15,000 to a political party. How does that actually work? Well, let me start first by just saying that here we're talking about the federal political system and we have three levels of government, all with different rules. So again, we're just talking about the federal level and more specifically the last federal election. But Sam, to go back to your question, if you wanted to donate $15,000, there would be a very different rule to if you wanted to donate under $14,500. So as a general rule, anybody, you, Sam, I mean, I wouldn't advise it on a business level, but you do you, anyone, individuals, companies, we can all donate money to Australian political parties if we're that way inclined. As I said, though, the threshold for when you have to disclose it 
comes in at a certain point. So if the donation is under $14,500, then it can be made anonymously. So you don't actually have to declare who has given you that donation. But over that amount, and the donor has to be disclosed to the Australian Electoral Commission. And so that's why we have the information we do on who is funding political parties and politicians. But again, I must stress before going any further, it is by no means a full or comprehensive list because there are ways to get around having to disclose. And that is coming in under that threshold of $14,500. So the data that goes on the Electoral Commission is then made publicly available. You know, you can go and look it up and see where the money is flowing from to the government, the Labor Party, or to the opposition, the coalition. And I must say, and I'm probably showing my nerdiness here, that it does make for some pretty interesting reading. So picking up on that threshold point, does that mean that I can donate multiple times of under that threshold? It does. And let's maybe stop the hypotheticals, Sam, donating to major political parties for the sake of our bipartisanship here at the Daily Oz. But um. Yes. So if you were that way inclined, you could donate $14,499 to a party and you could do that 10 times. You could do that 15 times. And those donations are not viewed as one. They're not viewed holistically. They are viewed as separate donations that each come under the threshold for reporting and therefore they won't be disclosed. I'm not very good at maths, so I've asked our friend Tom (laughs) to do the maths and he found that despite the register, about one third of donations aren't publicly known. So there are definitely ways to get around this. Okay, so I have my head around the threshold that you need to stay under to not have your name on this register. For those that go above that threshold, who are some big names on the register? Well, I must say that my favourite part of dealing with this data when it's released is going through and understanding who has donated to both major political parties, to both sides of politics. Uh, To me, it shows or is an indication of an organisation or a high-profile individual hedging their bets, basically uh, having the ear of both the government and the opposition. Nobody can know who will win the election and it is a fairly safe bet that it will be one of the two major parties. And so there are lots of people and organisations that actually donate to both. So both of the major parties received over $100 million, so Labor and the Coalition. Both received large donations from the big four banks, from the fossil fuel company Santos and Woodside Energy, Casino operator Star Entertainment Group, gambling companies like Sportsbet and Tabcor, Google, and lobbyists from the mining, financial, and pharmaceutical industries. So those are some of the organisations that donated to both. The largest individual donor, though, to both parties was Anthony Pratt. He owns the paper company Vizzy and his investment company Pratt Holdings donated over $1 million to each party. That's a serious amount of cash. Why don't we go now to Labor specifically? Who were they relying on for some cash? So Labor, who won government at the last elections, were largely supported by the unions. This is expected and would routinely happen during election periods. The largest individual unit donor was the Communications Electrical and Plumbing Union, which gave over a million dollars to the Labor Party. Labor also received donations from tech companies like Uber and Netflix. Okay, and what about the coalition? The Hems Trading Group, who runs a bunch of restaurants here in Sydney and is expanding to Melbourne, they gave $300,000 to the Liberals. 
Adani Mining, which plans to create a controversial mine near the Great Barrier Reef, also donated 100k to the Liberal and National Party in Queensland. Smoking and more recently vaping company Philip Morris gave $50,000 to the Nationals and also donated to a minor party called the Liberal Democrats. And what about those minor parties and independents? Well, the Greens received $22 million in declared donations, the largest of which came from that very same union that was the biggest backer of the Labor Party. And most of the other donations for the Greens came from individuals. The Teals and how they were funded is something that we've touched on a bit in past podcasts, but basically they received funding from the organisation called Climate 200 and it was this organisation that really linked them together. It was kind of the financial vehicle through which the disparate campaigns were funded. So Climate 200 received over a million dollars each from Atlassian co-founders Mike Cannon-Brooks and Scott Farquhar and philanthropist Robert Kadoulis. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Zara, there's one name you haven't mentioned yet. Tell me a little bit about Clive Palmer. thought you'd never ask. So Clive Palmer's United Australia Party also received over $100 million, but uh, it didn't come from as many groups or organisations or people as the major parties did. Almost all of it came from Clive Palmer's very own company, Mineralogy. That included one donation of $50 million and another of $30 million, the largest two political donations ever recorded in Australian history. I will just leave it on this note that Clive Palmer's United Australia Party won one seat at the last election. Seems like a very expensive seat. Now, Zara, over the course of this conversation, a couple of issues have come up, particularly around transparency of these political donations. What have the recommendations been to reform the system? So the ideas that have been floated around include lowering the donation threshold so that smaller amounts have to be declared and preventing that donation splitting that we spoke about before so that people aren't flying underneath a radar and that they actually have to declare. There are also other ideas swimming around about what happens once that money has been donated and how the political parties can use it. There have been some efforts to cap the amount that is spent on political advertising during an election campaign. And the government's in a tricky situation because they obviously don't want to change the laws too much, otherwise they won't get as much money next time. And that's not a Labor government thing, that's for both parties when they're in power at any point in time. What is the current government going to do with those ideas that have been floated? A federal parliamentary inquiry is currently underway and it's looking into the last federal election and the learnings from that. Specifically, it's looking at some of those ideas that we've just discussed to increase transparency, like capping spending and lowering the disclosure threshold to $1,000. We aren't expecting a report from that inquiry until September, and the government says they won't legislate reform before then, but also important to note that like with any committee report, the government is not bound to the recommendations that are handed down, and they can actually legislate as they see fit. You know, Zara, you and I get approached all the time and people say, I wish you were a political party so we could donate so much money to you. And we just say to them, no, that's not what we need. Yeah, we hear it every day. We just need you to subscribe and follow to this podcast so that you can share it with your friends. That's all we need. All this chatter about Australian politics has reminded me that we need to tell you about something very special dropping on the podcast on Monday morning. It's a sit down with none other than current Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, the first time TDA has interviewed a sitting 
visiting Prime Minister, so you won't want to miss this one.